0: Welcome back, guys, to Aesthetically Displeasing, where we talk about all things spooky, stupid, and... Displeasing. We're going to continue with the Cleveland kidnappings, and we're going to try to make it as painless as possible because I don't want Melanie throwing up at my house.
1: Again. <laughs> I throw up a lot with Nicole. Yeah. Fun, fun fact. <laughs> um,
0: That is true. So in college, my friend from Spain... He decided to he always makes us drink a ton and he but just in like a wants nice, us yes. in a
1: nice way. He wants us to have fun. Yes. And his version of having fun is getting <laughs> sh- wasted. And he always buys us drinks. He yes, he like pays for So it. he pays for everything. He's so nice. Yes.
0: So uh, Melanie got super drunk and she stayed in my dorm room. Well, first I threw up on the
1: bar at <laughs> at <laughs> threw up on the bar at the bar, grabbed a napkin, wiped it onto the floor.
0: Yes. And then, then we got back to the dorm room and I watched like this stupid stoner movie and Melanie was puking. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to help you because I get really grossed out. And she's like, it's fine. I don't expect you to help me. And then the next day you were puking and my husband was like, Nicole, In the aren't car you, are, aren't, As your husband's yes. driving crazy. And she's like, he goes, Nicole, aren't you going to like... Rubber back or something I said uh hell no I'm not rubbing her back and uh Melanie's a very violent puker too
1: yeah and then on her birthday we're going to her <laughs> birthday dinner and I got like car sick for no reason Nicole was driving she wasn't driving badly oh no it was because I had a headache I had like a migraine yeah so I'm staying there we're driving to Nicole's birthday dinner at like a nice little like hibachi grill and then I threw up in the car and they had to turn around drop me off And then I had to drive home, try not to throw up while they went to Nicole's birthday dinner.
0: Um, No, we had a car full of people. It was right after I had my kid. And um, my friend was in the backseat who absolutely will puke if she hears anything like, gagging noises. And so I'm watching her face as Melanie, the most obnoxious puker. Other is people throw it. up like me. <laughs> I know a lot of people <laughs> who throw up like you, but um, and so she throws up in the trash can and she's like, wow, this is a really heavy duty trash can, picks it up all of the puke is like <laughs> soaking through to her pants.
1: <laughs> then I bought Nicole and I sent Nicole and Cody a new car trash can. You know
0: what? It's still in our house because we've never <gasps> taken it to his car
1: oh my god what if i have to throw up again sorry for any trigger warning for anyone who hates puke i'm
0: sorry mom (laughs) and then she melanie calls her mom and says mommy i
1: threw up can you get me some soup (laughs) yeah because my mom's awesome she is my mom's great. Well, it was, I called her because I still lived in Georgia at this time and I was staying with her. So I didn't know what kind of food she had. So I called her and I was like, mom, I flew up (laughs) and she got me. Oh my God. She's so wonderful. She got me soup and crackers and stuff, but then Mm -hmm. also set up the basement couch for me, put like a pillow and a blanket down there. And she put a bowl next to it in case I didn't throw up on the couch and put the remote next to the pillow.
0: Okay, as you were saying, soup and crackers, I thought about after years and, Malin, and Marissa's um, 21st when
1: I gave oh you chicken, chicken in a bis. basket. Yes, those were nasty. <laughs> I was so hungover, and those had so much flavor.
0: Chicken in a basket is so good. but hey,
1: I love them now, but that was just so much flavor. She was like, be- why did you feed me dog food? I don't yes. feel good. <laughs> I seriously went tasted like... You- You're throwing up all night and all morning from your 21st birthday. The last thing that you want to taste is
0: fucking chicken seasoning on a cracker. And then uh, Marissa got, (laughs) she had bruises all up and down her legs because Marissa's freaking ridiculous when she's drunk. She's like a noodle. So you have to like. Pick her up and she and she's slapped around. everything. Yeah, uh, she locked herself in a bathroom stall on the other end. So instead of unlocking it, she crawled out from underneath. Then Trevor picked her up and she smacked her leg on the sink. And then I think she had like hickeys all over her neck and she had to hide it from her parents.
1: <laughs> of course she did. Oh. Hey. We've all had a hide hickey. You know what? I didn't hide my hickeys from my parents when I started dating Logan. My mom was coming to visit me and I texted her and I was like, just a warning, mom, I'm covered in hickeys and I'm sorry about it.
0: Okay, no. These were not normal hickeys. You were mutilated with hickeys all over your neck. They were not normal hickeys. They were like We were
1: bruises. Well, I would also like to point out that my boyfriend is a six foot seven, two hundred (laughs) and sixty-pound linebacker, and I am five (laughs) foot tall and half his size. So he doesn't...
0: She's belly button height.
1: Yeah, for real. He does not... He did not understand. And we were also really drunk. Yes. And I didn't throw up that night, so you know what?
0: It's just with me.
1: It's just with Nicole. Nicole just makes me so fucking nauseous.
0: Ouch. <laughs> okay, so on that, like, super awesome note... um, We will pick up where we left left off. So I left off where um, the cockroach of a human being told Michelle that he would let her go after he gets two other girls. And Michelle was really hoping that he would get caught in the act of trying to steal them. So he Michelle's upstairs at this point uh, in the gross ass room. She has. She's like chained up all the time. And. She started to so
1: I'd like to point out they she is chained up around her waist twenty-four seven. Yes. To a radiator. With these, yeah, with these. Really to a non working radiator. Mm-hmm.
0: So I, I talked about how she would talk to Joey all the time. Mm-hmm. And so um he would say like, Oh my god, you're like, you can't do that. Like why are you why are you talking to someone that's not there? Like that's so stupid. Um and he would call her crazy and she like in the book she was like well you're the one to talk like you're freaking sociopath so she said like I don't know what you expect me to do like I have nothing to do here and then she started saying like you never gave me that puppy maybe you should give me a puppy and so after a few times it ended up working he first gave her a radio and said that it was for her because he was she was so bored and then he bought her a brown and white pit bull. He brought her this pup in a, in like a box. And he said like she had to take care of him, but he had to only go to the bathroom, like in that box or he would take her outside. She absolutely adored this dog. Um, he helped her get through the days and she named him Lobo. Lobo. Do you know what that means? No.
1: It means wolf in Spanish. So that's actually a pretty common like dog's name. Oh,
0: and yeah. she loved wolves. <laughs> yep, Exactly. When he would assault her, he would take Lobo outside. But then one day he came home. He was pissed drunk, forgot about the dog. And as he's trying to assault Michelle, the dog starts attacking him because Michelle has like spent every single day with this dog. She's trained him like she would tell him like, we're going to get out of here and stuff like that. So uh, trigger warning for dog abuse. As he's trained to assault Michelle, this dog's attacking him and he picks up the dog and snaps its neck and throws her throws the dog on the mattress with her he tries to come at her and she fought him she was like absolutely not and she pushed him off and it it worked so he left her alone but then he grabbed the dog's body and threw it over the back fence I've never heard that said in a podcast and I don't like saying anything because it's horrible Mm -hmm. but if I saw a dead dog beside behind someone's house, I feel like that would not kind of raise yes. some red flags. So I don't know why he can just like, I don't know.
1: Unless it was just such like a bad neighborhood that he lived in.
0: Yeah, but like, it's not like a dog who just like died on the side of the road. Like, I've never seen, oh my God, knock on wood. I've never seen a dead dog on like the road.
1: I actually have. It was actually really sad. I was taking—I don't remember if I was taking my dog for a walk, if I was just going for a walk. But I was in like middle school, and I was walking down the street, and there was a little Shih Tzu on the side of the road that gotten hit by a car. Yeah, and it had a collar with a little like address thing on it. You yeah, know, it was really sad. Oh my goodness. I know. Uh,
0: okay, well, we're pets. done talking about dead animals. Yeah, yeah sorry as I said before, he would do like these trust exercises with her. And so eventually she caught on and she was like, all right, I'm going to make him think that he can trust me. So he would like fake leave and then come back and she would continue to pretend like she was asleep or like she never moved or anything. And so he, he slowly gained her trust and she was able to do a little bit more. He put a wig on her and sunglasses and let her go outside he kept a gun to her back, and there were people outside when this happened. I was listening to Morbid, and they're like, why did he have to put a wig and sunglasses on her if no one was looking for her, as he claimed? <gasps> That's true. So, um, but she, like, didn't even care about the gun or the, the sunglasses or the wig. Like, she just wanted fresh hair. She hadn't, I mean, it had been years since she's mm-hmm. been outside. Shortly after this, he took all of her clothes Um, she only had like a t-shirt and underwear on for a while or a t-shirt and shorts, something. Um, but now he like took all of her clothes away and she was like, I'm really cold. Like I need clothes. And he said, and I quote, you're going to stay naked as long as I want you to stay naked. So he's disgusting.
1: And she did it. And after he said that she didn't have clothes for months. I think it was years. Was it years? Yeah. Gosh.
0: She almost froze in January. She asked for something to wear and he told her uh, she was not here to stay warm and she was only here for one thing. She stayed. Uh, he gave her like a piece of fabric that didn't even cover her. Oh um, and she said she'd try to like make an igloo out of out of pillows and stuff mm-hmm. and like try to like nestle into things. He ended up giving her a TV and he was incredibly racist. I did not. hmm know this before but like he would say like you can't watch anything and like would use like n-word expletives and all of that which michelle says like why was he so racist when he was like just like a god-awful human yeah being like why is he even worried about it so after eight months of not having a shower he decided to let her take a shower because she stunk
1: wow what a surprise i I know. When you're
0: covered in blood, semen, piss, feces, and not showering for eight months, I thought you would smell like roses.
1: Mm-hmm. I would also like to, I'll say this now, because he's saying that she smelled bad. When we get later on into the case, he starts going to church on Sundays, and then the- I did not know that. And um, so then Sundays became his day that he bathed. So he also was not bathing on a regular basis, but he wanted to impress people at church, so he would clean himself up gross. really good to go to church. Gross. But he's saying that she smells bad.
0: That's nasty. So she, he takes her into the bathroom, and he like tells her to like hurry up. And I don't know about you, but dirty mildewy bathrooms really gross me out. Mm-hmm. Really. Like make my skin crawl. So she said this bathroom was covered in flaking brown dirt. There was, I'm so sorry, Melanie. There was mildew on the walls and she looked at herself in the mirror, which I can only assume is like one of the first times she's like actually yep. looked at herself in the mirror
1: in months.
0: She said her hair was now shoulder length. I don't know how long it was before her hair was like in all different directions. Cause it mm-hmm. was like dried with semen. She had bruises on both sides of her face her eyes were bloodshot from crying. And she like, this was a moment where she was like, oh my God, this is real. Mm-hmm. So she gets in the shower and after a few minutes, there's like literally only cold water. She's already kept naked. She's freezing. And she ends up asking for scissors and he gives them to her. And she had to cut through her matted hair. So she ended up cutting it, she said, shorter than her um, ears. hmm He was mad at her for cutting her hair, which, oh my gosh, whatever. He's ridiculous. He then insisted that she would talk dirty to him. So he uh, would like tell her what to say and she refused to say it for a while. She would not do it. But then she realized that the abuse would last longer if she ignored him. So she ended up saying whatever he wanted her to mm -hmm. say. But she said like it literally ruined her letting those words come Mm -hmm. out of her mouth. Like saying, like, she wanted it and stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's gross. Um, So then uh, she's watching TV, and on April 22nd, a news reporter says that 16-year-old Amanda Berry was reported missing. Uh, She was last seen leaving her job at Burger King, and Michelle's like, this is really close to his house. And she actually recognizes the girl. She was in Michelle's art class even though Amanda is significantly younger than Michelle. um, Michelle was always so behind in school. So she did actually end up taking like a class with her back in school. When she saw this, she had a gut feeling that he, he took her after this news report. So for the next three to four days, she heard blasting music from the basement. And so that kind of solidified that she thought that he kidnapped Amanda Berry April 21st, 2003, it was a day before Amanda's 17th birthday. Birth, The birthday. <laughs> birthday girl. <laughs> she grew up in Cleveland, Ohio her whole life. She almost called off work that day because the next day was her birthday. As she's walking home from work, a vehicle started following her down the street. And a man pulls up and asks if she needs a ride home. And immediately she recognizes this man as one of her friend's fathers. He says again, like, hey, my daughter's at my house. Um, You can come over and hang out with her. So Amanda calls her sister at 8 p.m. saying she's getting a ride home from her job at Burger King. So she's got her phone with him. And once they get to his house, he says, like, hey, my daughter's taking a bath. And he asks for her phone. And she's like, yeah, you can, you can use my phone. And then he like never gives it back, which I'd be like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, no, I have a weird thing. If someone's going to borrow my phone, they have to do it
1: in front of me. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like even if someone wanted to borrow my phone to like make a phone call. Mm
1: -hmm. I had that happen to me in a park. It was a daycare provider pulled up and she wanted to make sure that her phone was in the car, like just in case someone's mom called. Yeah. And so I was was like, okay, I'm going to give you my phone. But I like still was like, what if she just runs away with it? like that's your lifeline. Right.
0: So Amanda goes into his house and he brings her upstairs and she sees this woman sitting on a bed on the floor with a TV in front of her and at this point she does not see like that she's chained up or anything. And then he proceeds to bring her to a bedroom next to that one and assault her. He then taped her wrist, ankles, put a belt around her ankles over the tape. Eventually he moves her downstairs where he does the same thing with putting Uh, a helmet over her head he told her during the original assault that if she was quiet he would take her home so she complied with him because Mm -hmm. he thought she thought she would you know
1: you're gonna have that hope
0: yeah he ended up taking michelle's tv away from her and giving it to amanda and then replacing her tv with like an old trash tv Mm -hmm. While she's locked up downstairs, she watches her mom and sister on the news saying like they are looking for her and I think that he might have wanted this to like break her down, Mm -hmm. but it actually motivated her. She said that as long as they fight, she would too. Mm -hmm. After four days of being in the basement, he moved her upstairs and chained her to the radiator again around her stomach so she like really was uncomfortable trying to sleep. He came up to Michelle's room to introduce her to Amanda. She tells him, like, yeah, I already know who she is. And he was like, no, you don't. She's like, yeah, it's Amanda. (laughs) He's like, no, it's actually not Amanda. It's my brother's girlfriend. So he was trying to lie to her, even though she had seen it on TV. So her and Amanda talked very briefly, and she, like, reassured her that they were going to get home one day and just kind of tried to put her at Mm -hmm. ease as much as she could. I mean... I don't know I think she was I don't think Michelle was shocked that he took another girl mm-hmm. but he she was like distraught that someone else had to endure mm-hmm. this too so shortly after Amanda's capture Michelle realized that she was pregnant he would start coming into her room more often like in the morning and then two to three times at night because he didn't want he said Amanda didn't want to do it so he didn't want to force her and make her cry I don't know if he was trying to pin them against each other because normally you would resent someone like, okay, mm-hmm. why, why do I get to cry? Yep. And you don't get to, but she didn't, she didn't resent um, mm-hmm. Amanda at all. He finally realized that Michelle was pregnant because um, milk was leaking out of her uh, breast and he ended up throwing her down the stairs, starving her. And then he one day came in with a barbell and punched her in the stomach with it. I will not use the word miscarried because that is not what mm-hmm. happened here. But she ended up, um, her body ended up, uh, you know, aborting this child. It was incredibly painful to her. So after she, her body was done miscarrying the baby, he ended up coming in the room and yelling at her for aborting mm-hmm. his child. Oh my God. He's uh, just ridiculous. She notes in her book that Michelle does, um, From 2003 and 2004 went by really slowly, but I was like, "Mm, I don't know how it could go by fast. Exactly. Uh, She said every week was the same. They'd have McDonald's for breakfast. Then she would get raped. Then there would be hours of boredom while he was at work. And then violated again at night. And then on the weekends, loud Spanish music from his band. She rarely saw Amanda. They were kept in different rooms. Michelle didn't go downstairs often, but one time he took her down to the kitchen and she noticed that he put like alarms everywhere on the windows, doors. He also put mirrors everywhere to see like if anyone was behind him and stuff. And so he could see all points Mm -hmm. of the um, rooms, which, okay, after working in a lab, we have these all over so you don't run into people with chemicals. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to function around corners without them. Oh my gosh. Like it's so hard for me to navigate. So after Michelle saw this, she felt like there was no hope in escaping. There was too many alarms, everything like that. In the spring of 2004, another girl is reported missing. uh, And Michelle sees this again on TV. April 2nd, there was a 14-year-old girl uh, kidnapped, which Melanie, you're going to get into that. Michelle was pretty sure that he had kidnapped her. And later that night, she did hear a girl screaming in the basement shortly after this um he gave michelle a pencil and a notebook Uh, again because she was bored i don't know why he cared sometimes but she Mm -hmm. ended up writing letters to joey all the time Mm -hmm. and she was smart enough to not write anything specific about him just in case he read it Mm -hmm. but these notebooks were later used in court Mm -hmm. in early 2004 He would often say that Amanda was his wife and he spent a lot of time downstairs with Amanda. He started raping Michelle outside and she thought that this might be because like he since he said he was married to Amanda he wanted to like keep it secret like he didn't want it Mm -hmm. to seem like he was cheating on them which is disgusting. While they were outside he told Michelle that he called Amanda's mom to tell her that they were married and she was like excuse me what did you do? She Sheila called him out on this. Mm-hmm. So when Amanda was only oh, missing for a week, he called her mom off of her phone and said that he had Mandy and that Mandy wanted to be with him. And no one called her Mandy except for people who knew her. Oh, God. A lot of this, like some people thought like maybe she had ran away. Mm-hmm. And at this point, the FBI had just gotten technology to track cell phone locations. So they were able to narrow it down to a... Th- 30 to 40 block area but they were waiting for the phone to turn back on and it never Mm -hmm. did and then he told michelle that she would be his second wife at some point which is gross all of this is gross Mm -hmm. amanda's mom like never really stopped and i I, i'll get into it but she never really stopped looking for amanda they got fewer privileges around the house. So he ended up taking away her notebooks. 2004 was really like a big change. Mm-hmm. Like everything with Amanda, there was a lot of, he really favored Amanda and then took away a lot of stuff from Michelle. He took away their notebooks because they didn't deserve it. And they were so desperate to write that they would write on the back of burger wrappers and he would randomly give them sheets of paper that they could write on every so often. In 2004, she got pregnant, Michelle got pregnant four more times, so a total of five times while being captured. Every time, he would blame her for getting pregnant, forcibly abort her baby, and then yell at her for aborting the baby, for him aborting Mm -hmm. the baby. In spring of 2006, uh, Gina and Michelle were sitting in the room watching TV when they heard on the news that amanda's mother had passed away like i said her mother tried everything to find amanda she even went on the montell williams show which i don't know what this is
1: it must be i would assume it was local to cleveland
0: no it when was i was when i was listening to morbid they like talked about how it was like a common show oh
1: i don't know but maybe we're just too young
0: i think so because um
1: sorry to our older listeners
0: ash didn't know who it was Mm -hmm. so on the show they asked a psychic if she was still alive and they told her that amanda was gone but she should keep looking jesus so that's why i think a lot of people thought she had died Mm -hmm. so amanda's mom died of heart failure in march of 2006 they ended up breaking the news to Mm -hmm. amanda and then like just hearing her sob on the other end of the wall Mm -hmm. which has to be heartbreaking A few days late, a few weeks after that, Amanda, they, this is all from Michelle's point of view, but they started hearing Amanda throwing up in her room. She said she was so nauseous, she couldn't keep any food down. And while Michelle was getting assaulted one night, he told her, you know, after his, you know, decompressing moments afterwards, he's so gross. uh, He told Michelle that Amanda might be pregnant uh michelle was like uh yeah Mm -hmm. she is and she also like piped up saying like he needs to figure out his shit Mm -hmm. because this baby's gonna pop out and she said that he smiled like he was happy Mm -hmm. and excited about the baby which
1: because he thinks that he and amanda are husband and wife he thinks they're gonna be a little family disgusting
0: the middle of the night on christmas eve 2006 um he came into uh
1: came into michelle's
0: room he came into michelle's room well michelle and gina's room Mm -hmm. waking her up saying that amanda had been in labor all day he forced her to come down to the basement with her because he needed help bringing something upstairs so she goes down to the basement and there was a swimming pool now in my mind this would be an inflatable swimming pool right Mm -hmm. no it was like the cheap plastic one Mm -hmm. so he made her bring it up Because he wanted her to sit in it so she didn't make a mess on the mattress. His disgusting Mm -hmm. mattress with no sheets on it. So they bring it upstairs and he picks Amanda up, puts her in the pool, and Amanda is freezing. So Michelle has this sweater at this point and she ends up giving it to Amanda. And as she's in like obvious pain, I mean, listen, childbirth is (laughs) Mm -hmm. not, not painful, (laughs) I can't imagine giving birth in this situation anyways. So he's making threats to Michelle saying if this baby doesn't come out, he was going to kill her. You know, putting all the blame on her. And he, she absolutely ignores him and just focuses on Amanda. Finally, um, she delivers the baby. Um, but it ended up coming out blue and she wasn't breathing. So... He proceeds to tell Michelle, you better get her breathing or else like this is your fault. Like you killed this baby if mm-hmm. she doesn't breathe. So she, she, Michelle ends up taking a damp rag, putting it on the mattress, laying the baby down and giving it CPR, giving her CPR. Finally, after like a minute, uh, the baby starts crying. He immediately snatches up the baby and takes her downstairs to what they assume is to clean her up. And Michelle helps Amanda get cleaned up. Which, how traumatizing for all of this? But then, like, you don't even get your mm-hmm. baby your baby's right taken afterwards. away
1: from you.
0: Yeah. After Michelle gets Amanda clean up, she's super exhausted. She's like woken up in the middle of the night and she goes to lay down. Well, he comes back into her room saying like, "Uh, no, you can't go to sleep. You have to help me get the pool out of here." So they carried the pool to the backyard, um, and dumped it out, and it was just like covered in blood. So like, I'm sorry. There's just
1: a pile of blood in the backyard.
0: Yes. um, And she ended up going to sleep around like 5 a.m. So she was woken up at middle mm-hmm. night and like up for five hours. Um, After like the next morning, he brought the baby into Gina and Michelle's room all excited. They ended up, both of them ended up holding the baby and like, Michelle recounted like how much she missed Joey um, and she started crying and that night the baby he went into Amanda's room and the baby cried all night I mean that's what babies do and Michelle really hoped that someone would hear this and call the cops
1: mm-hmm.
0: over the next week Gina and Michelle would go into our room and Amanda just seemed completely worn out and then side note she also like didn't have a crib. So she slept on the mattress with her baby and so as they're talking like have you thought of any names and they threw out a couple names and then Amanda's like I really like the name Jocelyn and so the freaking roach of a person got a pillow and then made Amanda write Jocelyn Castro on the pillow tag but then she was like hey do you like I don't I would like her to have my last name. And so the baby's name is Jocelyn Jade Berry.
1: Do you know what the middle name is for? Do you know? Because um, her mom had died at this point. Um, And mm-hmm. Jade is after one of her mom's favorite songs.
0: Oh. Mm-hmm. My middle name is Jade.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I knew that.
0: That's why I couldn't think of the reason. Because mm-hmm. m- my mom gave me the middle name jade because jade is a precious stone and all girls are precious so that's why thank you um so when michelle hears that amanda asks if the baby can have her last name she like finally realizes that they were never married like she always didn't think that was the case but she went like back and forth like oh maybe maybe they are Mm -hmm. i don't know so then they switched rooms with Amanda and Jocelyn because obviously they needed more space and Michelle was like I really don't care what room I am like all of them are disgusting I hate it here um and after this he gave Gina and Michelle more food and notebooks again and I'm about to turn it over to you Melanie but I just wanted to bring up all the girls recount that like Jocelyn brought light into their lives like what they needed to get through it and um i think jocelyn served as kind of a reminder to michelle about joey i again cannot imagine but i also can't i can't imagine like giving birth and trying to do all of that in
1: in distress yeah because birth is already so traumatizing but at least like you got to do it with your husband there with doctors to care for you you were in a hospital just in case anything went wrong and she's amanda's how
0: old like she's so young Mm -hmm. i mean i didn't know i mean i had been around kids my whole life and i have younger siblings and i still had questions Mm -hmm. after i gave birth i just it's terrifying i am so excited to just sit here instead of telling this it's god awful (laughs)
1: Okay, so I'm going to take it back a little bit um, to Gina Lynn Jesus or De Jesus. Um, her full name is Georgina Lynn De Jesus. Um, and she was born on February 13th, 1990. She was best friends with Arlene, the cockroach's youngest daughter um and their dads had been schoolmates so they grew up in the same area um in cleveland so not a very good area her aunt actually lived right down the street from the from where they were kept awesome um so she also grew up in um a really bad area um she never really felt comfortable there she always knew it was a bad area um one of her accounts from her book was that she clearly remembers someone trying to run from the cops and she's looking out the window and then that person that's running from the cops just throws a bag, like gets rid of a bag of drugs and it lands into her own lawn. (laughs) Yeah, so not a good area. Um, She also had her own issues in school. Um, When she was in first grade, one of her teachers reported that she was a slow learner so she got put in special ed classes. Um, But just before she was kidnapped, her special ed teacher was telling me that she was making so much progress that she wouldn't have to be in special ed anymore and she was so excited and her teacher was telling her like yeah you can be in regular classes you'll be able to graduate on time and then you can even go to college and she was so excited for that because she just really really wanted to go to college and start her life
0: mm-hmm.
1: so she also kind of grew up like michelle thinking that she wasn't as smart as everyone else mm-hmm. um, but she had like was having a lot of hope for the future um so also you know the band that he's in guess who else was in that band with him don't tell me it was her dad her dad gross Mm -hmm.
0: wait so her dad had been in the house while michelle and amanda had been there the whole time
1: i don't know if he was in the band the entire time because they started the band together so i don't know if he had left the band when the girls were in the house, but like that's how close their families were. That's they disgusting. like their dads had grown up together, were in that band together, and then <clears throat> she became like really really good friends with Arlene.
0: Okay, as a parent, I would never be able to like trust my judgment ever again. I know.
1: Um so on February 13th, she is 14 years old and she wanted to go hang out with Arlene but one of them had gotten in trouble so they're gonna go hang out one of them had gotten in trouble and was like oh I don't think I can um Mm -hmm. so they got to a payphone and called their parents and their parents like no you can't hang out so this was at 3 p.m on April Oh, sorry she was born on February 13th um this was April 2nd That she's calling trying to hang out with Arlene. Right. Um, And when they were told that they couldn't hang out, then she and Arlene went their separate ways. Excuse me. So Arlene was the last person to see Gina before she disappeared. So her own kidnapper's daughter was the last person to see her.
0: That's horrible.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, So meanwhile, the cockroach was leaving his home with the intention of picking up Arlene from school. But then he spotted...
0: Get out of here.
1: He was driving to go pick her up and saw Gina and Arlene waited for them to split and then waited for them to start walking away from each other. And then once his daughter was out of sight... He pulled up next to Gina and said that he was looking for Arlene and needed some help finding her. But Gina was like, no, like she just like she pointed behind her and was like, no, she just went that way because they're walking in separate mm-hmm. ways. She was like, it was just a couple minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And so he like made some sort of excuse. Was like, oh, no, I drove that way. I couldn't find her. So like get in. Help me find her. So she got in because that's her best friend's dad. Right. So she- I wouldn't even think
0: about it. I would just can't. Exactly
1: so which also i would be worried if my best friend had just walked away from me a couple minutes before and then her dad saying that he can't find her because then i would also be concerned like what happened to her in those last couple minutes so remember she had pointed behind her saying no she went that way and when she gets in the car he starts driving the opposite way from which he pointed um and so when gina was asking why he was driving the other way he kept switching bes- between stories like he just he starts talking about this speaker that he has to pick up
0: he's so stupid so he
1: just completely drops the story about trying to find Arlene so he's switching between stories saying that he needed help picking up a loudspeaker and then he's also saying that his right like daughter,
0: literally pick it up
1: like yeah like he needs her help to like go lift lift yeah. it um, and then he's also saying that his other daughter Emily is there, and Emily and Gina were like far apart in age. They weren't friends, but right? He was saying Emily was at home and wanted to go to the mall with her.
0: That's weird. She, he said the same thing to Michelle. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, That's really weird. I know. Well, Michelle was actually friends with Emily.
0: Yeah, I know. And
1: yeah, and so he's using the same excuse to try to get her. I wonder home. how
0: Emily feels about this afterwards
1: um so then he took her home um he tells her the same kind of story that uh emily is upstairs and like oh just wait a second he tells her to make herself comfortable um and it's april but it's cold outside and she it's sits down Cold in april i know she sits out she sits down she takes off her coat and he's saying like that he needs her help in the basement so he starts uh no, not the basement. Yeah, he starts taking her down to the basement. And then the same order of events, he takes her downstairs. He chains her up to the pole. Um, he puts the motorcycle helmet on her. And he starts blaring the music. But I don't know if it's because Gina was such good friends with his daughter or because she was so young. Because not only was she 14, she also had a baby face. So she looked even younger than 14. Uh-huh. Um, He did not sexually assault her for a few months so she's locked down in the basement like she's having the sensory deprivation where she can't see and sensory overload that the and the radio is playing um and the one thing that she points out is that she wished that she hadn't taken off her coat upstairs because she was sitting on the <sighs> cement floor and she was freezing but he had told her to make herself comfortable um so she had taken off her coat um so meanwhile he goes upstairs to Michelle's room and forces her to drill holes into the wall mm-hmm. so that he can put in a new set of chains and so we know that Michelle already had a feeling that someone else was there because she could hear the radio right um and then he wanted Gina to meet Michelle and Amanda or not meet them but like he was um just, like, messing with her, saying, like, you're not the first girl that I have, so he took her upstairs, opened up the door to Amanda's room, and opened up the door to Michelle's room, and Gina's not sure if they saw her, I don't know if they were sleeping, or, like, had their backs to her, yeah, um, but he, like, just wanted to show her, like, I have two other girls that are imprisoned here, um, and then another time he took her upstairs from the basement so that she could do Michelle's hair, Mm mm-hmm, And when she did Michelle's hair, she did it in like twists. And Michelle was saying that it looked beautiful. And this made him super mad. Mm -hmm. And he took her back down to the basement. Um, But she wasn't kept in the basement for very long, luckily. Um, He took her upstairs to Michelle's room. And at this point, Michelle had a chain around her neck. And Gina was given a chain around her um, waist, Mm -hmm. but then she was telling, uh, the cockroach that they would just be able to slip out of the chains. Like she was kind of like playing like mind games with him, um, because she didn't like want the chains around their waist and their necks anymore. So he chained them, um, by their ankles together. And the chain was so short that if one of them needed to move around the room or go use their bathroom bucket, then the other girl would have to go with them. Um, So they actually became really close, really fast. They had each other. The first night that they were together, um, they just sat together and told each other their entire stories. Um, So they finally had something, like had someone with them.
0: Mm -hmm. Poor Um, Amanda.
1: I know. I mean, poor all of them, but poor Amanda just like... I know. Um, Also, initially when he brought her upstairs, he tried to tell... Michelle that it was his daughter Mm -hmm. but I feel that did not last for very long
0: I feel like Michelle he told Michelle a ton of lies and Michelle Mm -hmm. was just like "Mm -hmm, yeah yeah. Mm -hmm." Mm -hmm.
1: um so when she very first was abducted because you know she's just walking up from school and so her mom went to the police station seeing that her daughter was missing for hours and then it's the same old story they're saying Mm-hmm. Um, that they don't want to issue an Amber Alert. She's just with a boyfriend. And mom is trying to say she doesn't have a boyfriend. She wouldn't do this. She right. would come home straight from school. Um, so no Amber Alert was initially issued for her. But she vanished within sight of Amanda's uh, Burger King that she worked at. So um, that made the media and their families connect the cases pretty quickly. I'm good. Um, so after a couple days, there was an Amber Alert that was issued and a search started. So at this time, um, the cockroach became really paranoid. This is a really bad couple weeks in his life. Um, poor him. I know, poor him. (laughs) Um, so he was paranoid that a security camera at the school had recorded him. He was convinced. Mm -hmm.
0: Maybe he shouldn't steal.
1: I know. People. So there were security cameras around the school, but and one was able to pick up a little bit of the video, but all it showed was the tires of his car and Gina's feet. So nothing that they could work with. There was a camera at the front of the school that would have captured the entire interaction.
0: Don't tell me it was broken. It was
1: broken that day. <sighs> Just that day it was not working. So, um, after the search starts, he starts to lose his mind and he writes a bizarre four-page long confession that might also read as a suicide note. Um, he wrote about his childhood, his relationship with his ex-wife and the reasons he was holding the girls captive. Um, he also had a lot of contradictions because he Like, first said that they were there voluntarily, and then he said that they were there because he paid them. But then he also said that they were there against their will. But then he said that it was their fault because they had all made the decision to get into his car.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Then he kept this note in a kitchen drawer until... It was discovered later by police.
0: Do they have, like, the copy that you can read online?
1: I bet they do. I did not actually find that. I don't want to find it. Um, so, in the meantime, because, remember, he's friends Mm -hmm. with Gina's family. Um, He just
0: gets closer and closer to. Mm -hmm.
1: He was trying, yeah, he tried to get closer to Michelle and Amanda's Mm -hmm. families, but he already had this relationship with Mm -hmm. Gina's family, unfortunately. Um, so he was attending vigils, he was going on search parties with them, um, and then at one point he also got a missing flyer from Gina's mother, mm-hmm. and he brought it home and gave it to Gina and said that he had talked to her mom and gotten this from her. And so Gina kept it because it was something that her mother had touched and so she oh had drawn, heart. I know she had drawn hearts and things around it. Um, and, but she, and she kept it hidden from him. Um, so Gina and the other girls suspected that he gave her that missing persons flyer just to mess with her head. Like, oh, people are looking for you, but they're mm-hmm. not going to be able to find you. But it did the opposite. The same thing for mm-hmm. Amanda. She was like, well, my mom and my family are out there looking for me. So I'm not going to give up either.
0: Yeah. I can't imagine how much must must feel i know like he says no one's looking for them and then he like validates it Mm -hmm. by only bringing stuff back from he he did a lot of Mm -hmm. psychological
1: he really did um a week after gina's disappearance police released released a sketch and a description of a hispanic man aged 25 to 35 five feet 10 inches tall weighing 165 to 185 pounds With green eyes and a pencil-thin beard, someone had seen her near the school driving a light blue or white car, asking about Gina, and she was kidnapped in a, um, oh my god, my boyfriend's gonna kill me. What kind of car does Logan have? It's a Jeep Grand Cherokee. (laughs) That's the car that, um, Gina was picked up in, and I remember that because that's Logan's car.
0: Have you seen the sketch of him?
1: Yes. I think it looks like him. Do you think it does? No. You don't? That looks like him.
0: That looks like a black man.
1: Yes, I mean. Yeah.
0: I don't think they look... I I mean, like, when you put a side-by-side, yes, that looks... Yeah. But, like, this makes him look skinny and black. It does
1: make him look very skinny, yes. And it said that he had a pencil-thin beard, and I don't think that he has a pencil-thin beard. He has, like, a scraggly beard. When I think of a pencil-thin beard, I think of someone who intentionally shaved their face so that they have, like, a chin strap. That's just me, though.
0: My husband used to have a chin strap. I know.
1: And I'm glad that he does not He's very handsome now with his beard. (coughs) Okay. Sorry, Um, I got you off track. Oh, no, you're totally fine. Um... So, while Gina was imprisoned, she was featured on America's Most Wanted in 2004, 2005, and 2006, and America's Most Wanted um, told the public that she was potentially linked with Amanda. Um, She got regular media attention Mm -hmm. um, up until 2012, and her family and friends were still holding vigils and searching for Gina and Amanda um, and then her kidnapper was actually identified in a family video footage of two of the vigils. So after they found oh. out who kidnapped her, they were able to look back at their family video and see him there. That's so common. I know. It's horrible. <laughs> um, it's because
0: I think he wanted to like fuel his ego that Mm -hmm. he was smarter than the cops yes
1: um gina was treated slightly differently than the girls and i think it's because um she was such good friends with his daughter so she was not raped for a few months right um and the first time that he raped her he covered her head with a cardboard box and said it was because she was too familiar um, so, as I mentioned, oh my god, sorry, I'm I so know. silent, but it's just it's, because I'm it's hard, out. I know. Um, so, Michelle and Gina were spent the years chained together by their ankles. Um, he also, as Nicole mentioned, he gave them uh, notebooks so that they could uh, write, they drew, they journaled, um, they were also able to watch TV together. Michelle did have to warn Gina that they couldn't watch TV shows that had black people in mm-hmm. them while he was at home.
0: They couldn't listen to music. Yes. By them either.
1: Yep. Um, so they would do that while he wasn't home as kind of like an fu to him. Um, I they, like it. I know. They shared the same bed. They had the same bucket that they had to use the bathroom in. Um, oftentimes it would overflow and... Yeah. Can
0: you imagine?
1: I know. And um the girls began to get closer and there was one time that Gina mentions that um the cha- it's not a chamber pot, but like the bucket had overflowed. Yeah. So Michelle went to the bathroom in a beer bottle that he had left in there. And Gina was like, Oh my gosh, how can you even do that? And they kind of laughed together. So they're able to hang out. They're listening to the radio together. At some points, they like would dance in the room when he wasn't at mm-hmm. home. They watched TV. They did all of these things together. And Amanda is in the next room alone. So at the same time that they have each other and Amanda is alone, their kidnapper, the cockroach, is also using psychological warfare against them to pit them against each other. And the girls are rarely, the three of them were rarely together. Mm -hmm. Um, But when Castro would go to Amanda's room, um, he would talk about how they were such good friends and they hated Amanda. They thought that she was a whore. They were jealous of her because they were married. Yeah. Um, So Amanda started to not trust them and then she's also like horribly upset because mm-hmm. she can hear them talking to each other and hanging out and she's completely right. alone. Oh. So when the three girls, the three women were first together, they didn't want to talk to each other at first. They were too scared, too, because he had pitted them against each other so much. But then Michelle and Gina also were suspicious of Amanda because of how much right. he talked about, like, how close they were. Well, and they never saw her. It, yeah, and they never saw her. So just, so he pitted them against each other so that the three of them wouldn't want to work together to escape. Um. So all of this is going on. And then.
0: I also would oh, like yeah. to say they probably. He always did the tests with him. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if. They were worried to say something just in case it was like a test of seeing if he could trust them.
1: That's true. Um, So a few years into their captivity, um, the cockroach comes upstairs and he tells the three of them that they have to move out of their rooms because his children had been coming over and he would only allow them to be in the living room or in the kitchen. And they started asking about their old bedrooms. Oh my God,
0: these are his kids' old bedrooms?
1: Yes. Because they were always living with their mother and then growing up at this point. So he made the women take their mattresses, the TVs, the radios, their notebooks, everything, made them take them downstairs to the basement Mm-hmm. Um and then while they were in the basement, they were chained by their necks and their stomachs um to the pole um and then gagged so that they couldn't talk to each other. And they were down there for a few days. Um and then a few days later, they were ungagged and they were unchained by their necks. So they were able to move around a little bit, so they were able to talk to each other, but To ensure that they were pitted against each other, Um, he told Amanda that she needed more privacy, so he put a dresser in between the girls and gave her her own bucket to use the bathroom in, so giving her special Mm -hmm. treatment in front of the girls, Um, and then they were down there for two weeks, and while they were down there, they um, they were sharing their stories and things. Um, But then after they were brought upstairs, um, the psychological warfare started again. He began only feeding one girl at a time Mm -hmm. and forcing the others to sit there and watch the one girl eat. Um, He also was adamant that he and Amanda were married. um, And then it was after some of these comments that he took away uh, Gina and Michelle's notebooks and pencils and said that they didn't deserve them just to pit them against each other. Right. Um there was also another time that the family was coming over and he made the girls move into his car in the garage mm-hmm. in the summer for 5 days.
0: I'm I heard this. I'm shocked they didn't die.
1: Me too. They all talked about how they were so horribly hot. Um he barely gave them any food or water and they themselves say that uh-huh. they could not believe that they did not die um at one point um he was moving something he had to move the car out of the garage really quick so he made them lay down and um be under blankets and michelle said that if she reached out she could hit the gas pedal and so she was contemplating pushing down the gas pedal and moving the car somewhere so that they could be discovered but he had told her so many times that she couldn't do anything that she was too afraid of it she didn't know if she was gonna go forward if she was gonna go backwards if he put cinder blocks behind the tires that she couldn't move and so just in the middle of her thinking about doing that he came back in
0: do you have it in here that he made the girls play russian roulette yes okay
1: so another way that he was using psychological warfare against the girls was that they had to play Russian roulette with him. Um, and I did most of my research on Gina. So in Gina's book,
0: yeah, I know poor Amanda. I could what not find their book. I know. I I, know re- I, I, read, I- read I read Michelle's book. Mm-hmm. You read Gina's book, and I feel I bad.
1: Know. Um,
0: I I am gonna buy the book that Gina and yes. Amanda do together. Yes,
1: um, wrote together. So. Gina recounts that around this time she was beginning to self-harm um so I'll just talk about like the structure in the house really quick so Mm -hmm. Michelle was the punching bag it seemed like he hated Mm -hmm. Michelle the most she was the one who was raped the most she was the one who was beaten the most she was the one who had the least amount of privileges um Amanda was his wife she was allowed to go downstairs and sit on the couch and watch tv with him and Gina was his maid basically um so she was given the tasks of cooking and cleaning and everything for him
0: cleaning his disgusting ass house yes
1: well and probably wasn't even really given that many cleaning products um so one day while she's cleaning she accidentally cuts herself and um feels euphoria from it and so she started self-harming um it was actually amanda that she was able to talk to about this Um, and Mm -hmm. Amanda gave her the idea to put a rubber band around her wrist and snap it um, instead of cutting herself Um, and she didn't want to cut herself because her mom like as she grew up her mom told her like if you see someone hurting themselves you need to tell someone because that's a cry for help and they need help and so she talked to Amanda Mm -hmm. about it yeah Um, but as I said she's starting to go into a deep depression so when he asks her to play Russian roulette with him, she says, okay, she did not care. She lived or died. Mm-hmm. Um. So she, so he,
0: how could you care at that point? I mean, I get I Michelle because she has,
1: she has Joey. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. But like
0: if I was mm-hmm. 14 and got kidnapped, I know, yeah. please yep. give me a gun.
1: So the cockroach takes the gun first and nothing comes out. Obviously Gina takes it again, pulls the trigger. Nothing comes out. Obviously and then the cockroach says, gives her the gun back and goes, pull the trigger on me. And mm-hmm. she does. She does not Really? I she, saw the beginning mm-hmm. of that story.
0: I didn't read it because yep. I wanted to
1: Yeah, she did not care. And I'm I'm convinced that the gun wasn't even loaded. Like it like obviously right. like he wasn't gonna kill himself. Um so she goes, Okay. And goes and tries to shoot him, and when it doesn't go off, she feels this pit in her stomach and is like, I'm going to get in so much trouble. And I'm like, now he knows how I feel about him, and he did nothing. He what? La- he laughed and took the gun back, and like, okay, done with that for today. Just, like,
0: constantly making them not know how he's going to react has to just exactly. be so...
1: They talk about how he has like a Dr. Jekyll and yeah. Mr. Hyde mm-hmm. personality where he will go in and beat them senseless but then the next day tries to laugh with them and mm-hmm. watches TV with them. Mhm. So.
0: Yeah, he has like his form of pillow talk with them too yeah. and it's just Oh my god, disgusting. So gross. He also would talk about like how like his divorce transpired into with and all that with Michelle.
1: Mhm. Ugh. I just, okay. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Um, unfortunately, this is where we're going to <laughs> leave you for this episode. Sorry uh, about it. <laughs> I have a palate cleanser. Good. <laughs> um, so I talked about how I love my job. Um, the other thing that I love more than anything is my niece and nephew, Finley and Auggie. Finley is six, and Auggie is four. And on Thursday, I babysat them, Um, they were homesick from school, and my mom watched them all day, and then I went to go watch them after I got home from work so my mom could go to a dentist appointment, and um, we were outside playing, it was such a beautiful day, and They're riding bikes and, like, we're playing Tickle Monster and stuff. It's so fun. And then I get on the phone with my sister and she had taken the day off of work to go to Ikea. Mm -hmm. And... I love Ikea. Me too. They're, like, completely redoing their kitchen. I'm so excited. Yeah. So my sister got the fun part of going and picking out everything and now my brother-in-law gets to put it all together. Nice. (laughs) And make her dreams come true, make her vision come true. So I'm on the phone with Danielle as she's telling me, like, oh, yeah, we're going to put... like like cube organizers here and then like it like hooks and everything for like their backpacks and their coats and i all of a sudden look up and august has his pants down <laughs> so you can see his little booty cheeks nice. and he is peeing down my mother's driveway
0: no care in the world
1: <laughs> no care at all and when i'm like augie what are you doing because i'm peeing <laughs> and I said buddy you can't pee outside and then he turns around and he goes babe boys pee outside <laughs> <laughs> which they do uh but then I could smell his pee Ooh. and this is at like 5 30 when all of my mom's neighbors are coming home from work like we've said hi to oh my, my mom God. my mom lives in this adorable little condo community cul-de-sac so, it's super quiet. Everyone knows each other. It's, like, back, like, away from busy streets and everything. So, we've said hi to, like, all of her neighbors. So, they totally could have been someone driving by. But it was so... Oh, my gosh. She's like, big boys pee outside. So, we had to talk about, like, yes, boys can pee outside, but this is what you need to do. Blah, 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 blah. And they had to get a watering can with water so that he could wash his pee-pee his pee away. His pee-pee down the driveway. <laughs> um, And then... He had mud. He likes to be very clean. Um, He really likes to help out. Like, he loves to vacuum. He's been vacuuming since he was, like, 18 months old. Oh, my God. Like, with a toy vacuum. (laughs) So, he had mud on the tires of his little bike because he can ride without training wheels now. He's a big boy. And he wanted to get the mud off. So, then he starts riding back and forth in that stream of pee. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because he's just so little with Augie's about- just oh my a gosh. trip. He is his own little person. Mm-hmm. But he's so cute. I got home from work. And, like, that day at work was, like, completely fine. But I was tired and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I come in. And I go, Hello, is anyone here? And then I hear screaming and he just runs and jumps Aww. into my arms and he he always so cute. He gives like like he squeezes you really tight when he's giving you a hug, but then he also like kicks his little feet a
0: whole
1: Aww. bunch. So cute.
0: When you say Augie was peeing in the driveway, I think of Cameron. He when he was younger, I mean he still would easily pee outside. But he's so tan. Why am I so loud? He's so tan. And so like he has a permanent like outline of like underwear or swim Mm -hmm. trunks, like a Speedo swim trunk on his butt. So his Mm -hmm. butt's always like super white. So I have this picture on my phone of him like peeing in the grass and his butt's towards me. And He's got his little butt dimples and his white butt. and He's just staring at me like this is such an inappropriate picture to have on my phone. He's
1: so cute. I know, it's so adorable.
0: <laughs> butt dimples always get me. Kid me butt dimples.
1: Too, you know how
0: really butts?
1: Yeah, you know who's got a really cute booty? My son. Your son.
0: Yes, I sent Melanie a Snapchat this week of my son in this robe that I thought he would fit in. He just He not did not. <laughs> it's like a newborn <laughs> robe. <laughs> he it like didn't even cover. Anything past his hips. So his wiener was out, his butt was out. And so I like moved the camera to his butt and he's just got rolls on rolls on rolls on rolls.
1: He does big booty cheeks. Yeah. He's oh. so okay and he's just like laughing in this video with <laughs> his robe that doesn't fit him at all it he looks like a tailcoat yeah he loves being naked too fun fact he about does. Nicole's kid if he's like upset and you need to go change his diaper like with other kids they're already upset and then like you don't want to change their diaper because you know mm-hmm. that's gonna like bother them even more yes. but with Nicole's baby you're like it's okay Xander we're gonna get naked in just a second and then you lay him down and like he unzip him, it. and then he's so happy he loves it loves yeah. having his diaper changed
0: mm-hmm. I did that on purpose because I i know so many kids who hate their diaper change so everything make it fun i would always go oh my god pu!" Oh. and like when i took off his diaper and he always thought yes. it was hilarious so i did it until he just you know
1: he loves it when you say "pu." he does it's one of the things that makes him giggle it's so cute He's a stinky boy he is a stinky boy right. that was a good palate cleanser yes much better so we will talk to you next week um you can follow us on all of our social medias you can um give us a review on um, everywhere that you get your podcast um you can email us at aesthetically displeasing pod at gmail you can message us or follow us if you haven't on facebook we're aesthetically displeasing on there and then our instagram is aesthetically displeasing pod all right Talk to you next time. Talk
0: to you next time. Bye, guys.